Hey folks, so I wanted to address something before we get into this episode. We announced something new here in this episode that is coming in part of the holiday sort of uh, Christmassy spirit. Um, we, we were talking about a giveaway that we're going to be hosting in this episode, and I just wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. We mentioned that it's for patrons only. However, after recording, we realized that this is actually against Patreon's guidelines and so we want to make sure that we comply with all of their sort of uh guidelines and rules and such and as such we're opening it up to the entire discord so the whole community at large can get access to it without having to pay anything um if you want to support us via patreon please that's always available but uh for the giveaway's sake uh we won't be doing that in order to enter the giveaway you're gonna have to go into our discord check out the announcements channel there will be a pinned uh message in there that you can react to the message will have all the details on that uh, but I just wanted to add this little disclaimer in at the beginning of the episode because during the episode we talked about it being a patron-only event, uh, and that's been corrected. So let's get into the episode. up everybody welcome to draft chaff this is episode number 25 we've got a nice one here for you today hopefully this will uh find everybody in good health and good mind but if you're not stick around uh we've got some tips for you um before we get into all that my name is zach i'm one of your hosts and joining me as always is ben fisher ben i know i threw that out of order there but how's it going what is <laughs> happening dude we gotta start over no no, no it's good uh, I, I'm having a good time right now. We just worked on our cube for a while. Super excited about that. It's a good time to be playing Magic. Um, there was the Pro Tour over the weekend. You Wait, mean the um, Arena Mythic Mythic Tour Invitational League? No, wait, Mythic Championship Worldship. No, wait. This was the Zendikar. Wait, no, Players Tour. No, that's something else. Uh, Zendikar Rising Championship was over this weekend. Uh, got to see some cool <laughs> decks. Uh, had a lot of cool people get to the top eight and. Uh, I, I, you must have been pretty happy to see a blue-white control deck take the uh, take the finals. I did see on Twitter. I actually didn't follow the tournament at all, um, mm. but I, I saw on Twitter in the Magic Twitter space that that blue-white was doing things and making waves. So I was happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the winner. I'm pretty sure his two decks were blue-white control in historic and blue-black control in standard. Maybe I have that backwards. Love to uh, hear it. But it, yeah, clearly a control master. Check out some of that gameplay. I will, yeah. Also, by the way, that was completely unplanned. Us going back and forth on that, we just did that off the cuff, so you're welcome, listener. <laughs> um, before we get into our main topic this week, of course, we have to uh, plug our sponsor, MTG Arena Zone, uh, brings the show to you every week. And uh, MTG Arena Zone is your top destination for all Magic the Gathering arena articles, community decks, news, and more. They have plenty of content for both constructed and limited players, and uh, they tend to write things on top archetypes to be looking into theory articles for draft and uh, pick orders, things of that nature. So if you're interested in either constructed or limited, go check them out. It's a great place to get up to speed on what's going on in the magic world. We're also brought to you by you, the listener, via Patreon. We have uh, a number of different tiers over there on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draftchaffpod. And if you want to give back to the show directly, that's the best place to do it. We've got a few different perks over there. So check that out. We also still have one founder slot open, which involves coaching between me and Ben with you directly. So uh, if you're on the fence, um, that's that's a good kind of incentive to get into it. We'll have an, uh, another incentive in just a little bit that we'll bring up, but before we get to that, we also have our Discord. Our Discord is the best place to be if you want to interact with us or the rest of the, the, the Draft Chaff community. If you listened in last week, we talked about trying to come up with a name for our community here, and a bunch of people in the Discord gave us some feedback on that. Thanks a lot for everybody who, who pitched in. Um, I think we came to one that we really like, don't we? It's Chaffishionados, right? Like yeah, that's yeah. Gotta be it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Absolutely. We had a we had a few different good contenders, but but Chaffishionados is just the best. Like I think that was awesome. Thanks, Sirkovitz, yeah. for, for that suggestion. But I mentioned a reason that you might want to be joining the Patreon besides the founder tier, besides the other perks that we we offer. We've got two announcements we need to make. First of all, I mean I'm gonna kind of push this off a little bit, but for the first one has nothing to do with Patreon. Um for Christmas, because of our 
uh, release schedule of episodes, we will have an episode coming out on Christmas Day. And for that episode, we are planning a holiday mailbag episode. So if you aren't in the Discord yet, check out the link for that, which will be in the episode description or in the show notes um, or on our Twitter page. But if you're not in the, in the Discord yet, definitely get involved in the Discord. We're accepting all of our holiday mailbag episode questions in the Discord. There's a channel there for the holiday mailbag. And we're asking you guys to ask us questions on anything you want. We're not doesn't have to be magic specific uh, or magic related at all. It can be about anything under the sun so definitely head over there we got, we've got some really really nice ones in there right now very excited oh about yeah this episode. Uh, i'm already excited to start with that i hope we can fit it all in one episode might be a might be a two-hour one yeah and maybe it'll go long and if it doesn't we can maybe split it into two episodes or something i don't know we'll, we'll figure that out but uh yeah. we have some really awesome questions in there so i'm excited for that mm-hmm. okay the big announcement though i mean that was a big announcement but like the big big announcement is that as part of the christmas spirit sort of holiday spirit kind of thing we want to give away a full copy of our Draft Chaff Cube. That's right. Yeah. The entire 360-card cube, we want to give away a copy of that to a lucky patron. So if you're not a patron already and you have been on the fence, kind of in, you know, waiting for another incentive to get involved, that's, that's it. We're giving away the cube. So <laughs> if you want a full copy of the cube sent directly to you, uh, get involved with the Patreon and you know, you'll, have, you'll have your chance to win. Yeah, this cube, I mean, like I said, we've been having so much fun making this. And as for Patreon, you can support us as long or as short as you want. If you want, you could enter. And if you don't win, just uh, leave the month after. <laughs> I mean, we're happy for all the support that you've all been giving us so far. And uh, honestly, it's it's time to start giving more back. And well, I mean, this cube, it's, it's draft shaft, but it's still worth a bit of money. Yeah, it's looking really fun, too. Like Ben said, we spent some time before we recorded today uh, getting some of the archetypes ironed out and and that sort of thing. And we did an episode where we first started discussing what archetypes we wanted to include in the cube. So you can check that out too, if you're interested in hearing our initial process on that. But um, yeah, it's coming together and we're really excited for it. Mm-hmm. So next up, we've got our crack draft type thing. This week we have an interesting pack. We're going back to Zendikar Rising. We've had a bunch of different formats coming out recently and uh, figured we'd get back to what we've been pretty comfortable with at this point, uh, Zendikar Rising. And this is an interesting pack, Ben. We have a Relic Vial. I'm just going to run through the cards real quick because uh, at this point, everybody should know Zendikar Rising. Uh, so we have a Relic Vial as a foil in this pack. We have a Sizzling Barrage, Pyroclastic Helion, a Shell Shield, Dauntless Survivor, a Risen Riptide, a Mind Drain, a Royal Eruption, Malakir Blood Priest. Go. Yeah, Vanquish the Weak, all in common. Um, and of course, the Relic Vial is an uncommon, but that's the, uh, the, the foil in the pack. And what are you on so far, actually? Uh, yeah, so eruption right yeah for me it's just the eruption i think behind the eruption probably vanquish i mean vanquish isn't like my favorite removal spell in the format but i don't mind picking up removal early yeah i'm probably on the eruption and then the blood priest myself let's ignore the vial for now because that's technically uncommon um yeah i think uh i mean eruption is just the best common in the set and i think vanquish is about on par with uh the blood priest i like Mm -hmm. having the blood priest a little more to start off because that that kind of opens up to a few archetypes, and I think it's a better card in party and clerics than uh, vanquishes. Yeah, that's fair. I totally agree with you there. Uh, would you be like, are you bringing the relic vial into this? Are you interested in first picking that? Like, do you is relic vial a card you first pick? Uh, it is. It is. Yeah, I'm pretty happy taking it early because I mean, it is colorless and it pretty much is a black white card. But I have actually seen it played in other decks. Sometimes you have a nearly white deck uh, that's just playing a million clerics. Sometimes you have like core celebrant and attended healer in like a green white deck. Sometimes they play the uh, the nectar pots. <laughs> that's a pretty sweet combo with uh, the attended healer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like your late game lands and the tokens. And sometimes I see like the big white green clerics deck where they play the uh, uh, what was it? Some kind of like turn. I want to say turn timber aesthetic, but that might be wrong. Um, no, that was right. The the big yeah, game so five. Yeah, it's a cleric, believe it or not. Yep. So uh, I don't know. It, it's best in black white, of course, but it can have purpose in other decks as well. I, I'm okay for picking it, but I think some of our uncommons might challenge that. Yeah. So I mean, in the discussion between Relic Vial and Royal Eruption, I think I'm still taking Royal Eruption, just because I mean, Relic Vial is absolutely a powerhouse, and if you're in the cleric deck, you really want it. But Royal Eruption is just, I think, on its own, on pure power level, it's it's the stronger card. Yep, I agree. I would take it over Relic Vial. Um, okay, so then that moves us into our uncommons here. We have Brushfire Elemental, eh, still still taking Royal Eruption over that. Yep. Uh, we have Salundi Vision, which of course still taking 
Royal Eruption over that. And then we have Roost of Drakes, which is where you get me to switch. I'm on Roost of Drakes over Royal Eruption. Uh Uh-huh. The best uncommon in the set versus the best common in the set, eh? Yeah, I mean, this uh, this is a pack and a half, I guess. Yeah, this pack's got some power. I don't know. I have, I mean, we, we all know and love Roost of Drakes. We love kicking things. Uh, I found it best, of course, in the blue, big blue-green kicker deck, but I found it pretty playable in blue-black. And then in blue-red, it can fall off sometimes. Blue-red doesn't have as many opportunities to kick unless you've got just a bunch of wizards and whale eruptions. Mm-hmm. But mm, pretty close. I would probably take the Roost here. Is it that close to you? Because for me, I'm just on Roost, like, full stop. I've been really impressed with Royal Eruption. I think uh, sometimes the way the decks lose in this format is when they don't get there on their removal and they're not able to answer a key card from the opponent, say uh, a Ruin Crab or, uh, I don't know, a, a, a Flyer that's about to get out of control because they're about to put some counters on it or something. Those are the ways you tend to lose games that you would otherwise be able to grind out. Uh, and Roost doesn't always get there you also do have to pick up enough kicker spells uh whereas mm. royal eruption is just awesome on its own i do think the upside of roost is higher though so i think for me it's probably a bit of a closer pick but uh, i am on the roost here okay well let's see if the rare can knock you off of roost drakes at this point um and in fact we don't have a rare we have a mythic and our mythic here is a shia soul of the wild so that is the mm. five mana star star that uh makes all your creatures lands and then has power and toughness equal to the number of lands you have yeah, so what I didn't realize when I first looked at this card, uh, I saw it as a five mana five five. Then you play land into like a six or a five mana six six, but it counts the creatures that are lands too. Mm-hmm. So this pretty much always comes down as like a five mana eighty or a five mana nine nine. And uh, I've I've noticed it turns off some of the removal in the set in a pretty funny way. Yeah, uh, like into the royal is just blanked by this card. Yeah, it, it's pretty great. Um, uh, between this and Roost of Drakes. I don't know. I, I Personally, I haven't gotten to play a Shia that many times. I think I've cast her twice in the format. So I might just slam a Shia here. Green isn't the best color to be in in Zendikar Rising. Uh, you'd much rather first pick a blue card or a black card. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Me personally, I'd probably take a Shia. I believe the correct pick is Roost. I'm guessing you're on Roost here still? I'm still on Roost. And, and you're right. Green is one of those colors that is typically not something you want to be starting the draft in. But there are a handful of cards that are like lean that lean you towards green, and I think Ashaya is one of them. The problem with Ashaya is sure she gets huge, but she doesn't have trample. Yeah. She doesn't have flying. So like you can just chump her for days. Just a big beater. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like Roost is still generating value while you're big like if you see a Roost of Drakes across the battlefield and you play in Ashaya, like are you happy? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not great in the one v one between these two. If your if your opponent's kicking a spell every turn, a Shia feels pretty bad if there's a roost out. But, but here's my plan: I'm going to take a Shia, and then obviously uh, this brushfire elemental is going to wheel because red green's <laughs> unplayable. So then I pick up the brushfire elemental, and then hopefully someone opens another copy. Then you get one of those like multiple brushfire elementals, like great kicker decks or great uh, landfall decks. That's yeah. the plan here. Okay. I mean, sure. You do that. I'm going to go take my blue and green cards or blue and red cards and see how it goes. I think we know who's going to win more games. <laughs> you. Probably, no, probably <laughs> you. I still haven't trophied this format. What? You've been playing less than I have. That's true. That's true. Um, okay. But that brings us to our Teferi Tybalt for this week. Uh, for those who don't know, if you're newer to the show, our Teferi Tybalt section is where Ben and I kind of just chat about what went well and what went poorly-ish. Uh, in the previous week, it's kind of like your your typical roses and thorns uh, type of type of thing. So, Ben, why don't you kick us off? What, what, what's what been going on for you this week? Sure. So I wrote in the show notes uh, something kind of ominous. I wrote the end is near dot dot dot. I, I'm not sure how you felt about that. I just I, mean the end of the school year. Uh, the, oh, okay. the, the, yeah. uh, the end of the year before winter break is coming. So I have about like a week and a half left of, of school and classes to, to get through before I'm off for a, a good two weeks, which will be much needed given the, the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm starting to get my last few lessons in, figure, finishing stuff out, planning some last minute quizzes and that type of thing. But I can tell my students are starting to feel it. Like this morning, I asked a very simple question and I just, just no response, just a bunch <laughs> of profile pictures on a Google Meets call. And I was like, come on, people, like, I know you know this. We did this last class and another minute goes by and I finally get a response. Mr. I was asleep. What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) So I I think everyone could use a break. Uh, 
so people are feeling a little rundown. That's my tibble. Now, my Teferi, uh, we've had some good times in, in uh, I guess, deck and cube creation recently. Like, I had a blast just now with mm-hmm. this cube building. And honestly, after the show ends, and I'm probably going to keep working on the cube during dinner. <laughs> uh, and something else that went pretty well, uh, I got my, my first Ben's deck building bonanza done. Uh, a deck that's going to one of our patrons, uh, who's subbed at a tier that lets them get a handmade magic deck from, from us. So um, I love making these kind of fun decks. Uh, it's under $20, but don't worry. There's plenty of rares and mythics in there for, for your heart's content. And it's it's a sweet one. I don't want to spoil it for, for the listener, but uh, it's called Exploiting the Masses in my book. And there's some exploit, there's some amass, and it turns out these mechanics play really well with each other. I, I was playtesting it, and it's honestly one of the most fun decks I've ever made. That's awesome. For yeah, so if you are listening and you don't really know what Ben's talking about, we have uh, like our highest tier on Patreon uh, involves Ben and to quite a lesser extent me building you a deck uh, based on like basically Ben will come to you discuss what do you want to see in like a chaffy style uh, deck that just screams you like like a, a sixty card uh, casual deck that that just is something that you really want to see and then he runs with that and and puts a list together for you and then sends you all the cards so uh yeah super cool i'm excited to see how how the listener uh actually takes to this list it looked pretty sweet yeah i'm happy with this one so uh to you listener who this is coming to uh expect it in the mail sometime soon oh i gotta talk to you about an address say where where do you live listener (laughs) (laughs) i have it i'll I'll send it over to you (laughs) okay good good how about you what was up this week well uh Personally, it's been uh, something of a rough week for me. I'm not going to get into it too much, but uh, just, you know, I think kind of like you're saying, like everybody's ready for some breaks. I've got my winter break scheduled for the end of the month, so that's coming uh, soon, and I can't wait for that as well. But we got some really big announcements in the Magic space, sort of, I guess. It's it's an announcement that I don't <laughs> think anybody was expecting, but Arena Cube is back, baby. I am so excited oh, to get yes. my hands on the Arena Cube once again. If you don't know, our first episode was on the Arena Cube, and it was like a hello and a farewell to the format because the episode came out the day that the, the cube was taken off of Arena. <laughs> Good planning on our part there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, oh, man, that cube was so fun. You were talking about it in the Discord when this announcement came out with the with the December state of the game, and you went, like, ridiculously infinite with this format, right? Yeah. <laughs> I I forget how many seven O's I had. It, it was at least ten. It, I had an awesome time in in Arena Cube. Yeah, it's such a good format, and I'm very excited. I'm curious to see if they're making any changes to it. If it's just going to be like the same cube run back, but they've added a few sets since then, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if there are a few things to be changed. Uh, and we'll see how the power level adjusts and all that. But it, it'll be really really fun. They're also bringing Tinker's Cube back. I'm a little less excited about that, but that is I think over a month away. The Arena Cube is coming back in, well, at the time of this, it'll it'll be out the day we release this episode, I believe. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Tinkerer's um, Cube, really, T- Cube didn't really get there for me. Um, it was fun. It was fine. Uh, I didn't feel like it had the same power as Arena Cube. Uh, Arena Cube was definitely more, it, it felt like a cube, where mm-hmm. Tinkerer's Cube felt like, uh, I don't know, just a weird draft environment. Yeah, I agree. I, I played like maybe one or two Tinker's drafts and I just wasn't really into it. Uh, but I'm super excited for Arena Cube. Very, very ready for that. My Tybalt for this week is that Arena Cube is only around for like eight days, though. I think from the 12th to the 20th is when they're going to have it live, which is really sad because it was easily mm. one of the best formats that's released on Arena as a platform. Yeah, and for sure. I think there was enough desire for it that that people would want to see it around more frequently. And even like the Holiday Cube or the Vintage Cube, when they bring that back on like MTGO, it's around for more than a week. So I'm a little disappointed but at this point, I kind of don't expect anything less from <laughs> from the arena team, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'll take what we can get. Uh, I, I, I got, oh, it's still a cube. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. It's a cube that I can play on arena and not have to deal with the clunky Magic Online interface. I have lost games on Magic Online cubing because I hit a button at the wrong time. And yeah, sure, that's my fault. I mean, I, I one time I missed uh, a twin combo by a whole turn. And that let my opponent click my hand, and then that it, it was it was a mess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's definitely a learning curve to MTGO. Yeah, but at least on Arena, I, I feel as though I can resolve my spells as they were meant to be resolved. That's fair. Well, that brings us to our main topic this week. 
we're starting a new series. We've been doing this periodically uh, since the summer, basically. We've started a few of these recurring series. One of them was our Back to Basics series where we talk about more fundamental magic or limited specific skills. This one we're calling Mental Magic, and it's inspired by our discussion with Marshall Sutcliffe. If you haven't heard that interview, check that out. We have a full episode where we, we interviewed Marshall Sutcliffe. We had a great time chatting with him. But one of the big things we talked about was mental health. And this kind of spurred us to create a sub-series of the podcast called Mental Magic. We're going to be bringing to you guys all sorts of different takes on how we can stay mentally healthy and still interact with magic and other aspects of life as well. Yeah. So just to kind of have a little disclaimer here, neither of us are licensed therapists or really even mental health experts. So uh, please don't take our word as anything besides two best friends talking about their thoughts, right? Uh, This is just us going back and forth. And um, if you or someone you know is actually in need of mental health assistance of any kind, uh, we're going to link a database of online resources in the show notes. Just we we don't feel comfortable talking about this unless we're also providing some sort of uh, hard evidence help. You know, Uh, this is something that you can go to should it be necessary. Right. Like Ben said, we're not professionals. So if you do need professional help, we're going to provide some links for that so you can you can get yourself the help Mm -hmm. you need. But one thing I think we can do is just, you know, average citizens that are uh, not <laughs> licensed in this at all. Uh, we can kind of normalize this discussion, especially in the, the gaming space, uh, because as we know, the gaming community is not always the most receptive. Uh, and while I think Magic community is awesome, uh, and we've seen a lot of leaps and bounds in, in things like representation, both in, in the game and in high level players recently, uh, there's always more work to be done. And I think any little bit that we can do to help, well, that's that's good, right? Yeah, and I think this is something, this topic in particular, just mental health in general, is something that I I personally don't see a lot of content creators spending too much time on. Like, people will touch on it, and don't get me wrong. There are great content creators out there who, who have talked about this and will continue to talk about this. But I don't think it's something that people are doing regularly, which is why we're both very excited to be doing this as like a sub-series that's going to be recurring pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And uh let us know what you think. It, hopefully it resonates with you all uh, and you you want to hear more of this type of stuff. Yeah. So today is kind of going to be an intro to this, uh, this sub-series. Today we want to kind of take a bit of a mental inventory with who we are ourselves and the game, Magic, and just talk about where we're at. So we've broken this down into three main segments, uh, ourselves and Magic, uh, how we kind of spend our resources on Magic, and our feelings as we're playing Magic. So um, to kind of kick off this first category about magic and us, what is our relationship with the game? Is it mostly a healthy one, would you say? You want to start us off here, Zach? Yeah, so we kind of broke this down with a little bit of a history on on our relationship with the game. So I'll kind of get into that first. But basically, I started playing magic when I was in middle school. Um, so around M10, I think, was the set when when I started. And I learned about it at an LGS when I was... Yeah, like 12, 13, somewhere around there. Um, At the time, I had been competing in a game uh, in tournaments for a game called Star Wars Miniatures. Pour one out for that game. It was absolutely phenomenal and uh, one of my favorite tabletop games of all time. But uh, Watsy sold off the rights to that and it died. Um, And it's kind of it's similar to uh, like a war game. If you're familiar with Warhammer or anything like that, you had like a list of different units you played with and they each had stat cards that had certain abilities and they were all characters from Star Wars or like generic units like Snowtroopers and things like that. Uh, but you got the minis through booster packs and you could like, you know, pick up the, the booster packs and stuff. But I was very into this game and I was pretty competitive with it. And the guy who ran the LGS that I played at knew that I was really into it. And he was actually one of the number one at the, at some time he had won the world championship for this this game. So he was like really into it. I was really into it. But when the game died and Watsy sold it, uh, he realized that I liked like these types of strategy games and he offered to teach me MTG. So I grabbed a couple of starter decks and I started teaching it to this kid that I used to babysit at the time. And that's kind of where I got into the game. Um, strategy games in general and, and card games in, in particular are kind of my bread and butter as far as games go. Like I, I don't play a whole lot of other games besides. Um, I have a long history with MMOs, most mostly WoW and, and Star Wars The Old Republic. But for the majority of my Magic career, I've been playing pretty casually. I hadn't done a whole lot of competitive play. Ben and I have entered a couple of GPs together and occasionally I'll, I'll find the time to grind ladder, but I don't do that too often. Um, of course, drafting is what I really love to do with magic and what keeps me coming back to magic. I take, I don't take 
super often breaks or super, super frequent breaks. But when I do take breaks, they tend to be pretty long. And uh, I would say that drafting is the thing that keeps me coming back to magic. Even when I start playing other card games, like I've spent a lot of time and Ben was flaming me for it in the discord this past (laughs) week. I spent, I have spent a lot of time playing legends of Runeterra in the last year. And I think it is, it's a phenomenal game, but they're limited and they they do have a limited uh, format. Um, They call it expeditions and it's, not it's just not draft nothing i've played has had draft the way that that magic has it and there's something about that that keeps me coming back to it so even when i take breaks it's not generally constructed or things of that nature that bring me back to the game it's usually limited because to me that's the unique thing that magic does best um so to answer the the second half of that question is my relationship with magic healthy i would say in general it it probably is um i would think i would like to say at least that i have a healthy relationship with the game I can get pretty bogged down in like the numbers. I like to track a lot of stuff so I can tilt off a bit if I see that my win rate's going down the drain or I've wasted resources because, you know, my win rate's too low or um, I I can't chase a certain ladder bracket that I want to get to fast enough and time is more of a restrictive um, element for me than, than money is at this point uh, when it comes to magic. So, you know, if I don't have the time and I, I, I can find myself getting upset that I don't have the time to hit certain brackets. And then that's when I need to usually take a, take a break and cool off and maybe spend a day or two doing something else. But, um, I also find that I occasionally will draft too many times in the same session or the same day, which can be problematic if your win rate's pretty low. Um, but that, that's kind of where it is. I, I would say in general, it's pretty healthy, but there are times obviously where, uh, my relationship with magic gets a little wonky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's an interesting point that you made there. Like, I think I've definitely also experienced that, uh, you when, when you lose at a draft, when you just O3, part of you wants to put the game down and just be like, all right, time to do something else. But then sometimes a bigger part of you says, we can do better than that, right? And mm-hmm. then you fire it again. And then, well, if you if you happen to like 2-3 or, or even 3-3, three, three, then, then you're like, well, I can still do better than that, right? And then sometimes you can find yourself in this cycle where then you O3 again. You're like, okay, that one doesn't count, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I found myself in that same spot. Yeah. And the big thing for me, especially this season or like series of seasons, right? Because on on Magic Online or Magic Arena, seasons are like month to month. But Mm. for me, a season is like the set, like the format. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So like since Zendikar Rising, and I mentioned this earlier, I haven't I haven't trophied yet. And that's the big thing that I tend to chase at this point because we're late into this into the format. And I, I don't draft that often. I probably get like maybe... I probably average like two drafts a week, but that should be enough to eventually like hit. Like I, I, I feel I know the format well enough to be able to trophy and I know my skills are there. Like I've done it plenty of times in the past, but for whatever reason, it eludes me still. And that's the one thing I keep chasing. Like I don't really care about my rank. I just want to get that trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we should, uh, let, let's jot this down somewhere about having an episode about RNG uh, sure, and just yeah. variants in magic. I think that'd be a good topic for, for, for this in general. Definitely. But what about you? How how would you say your relationship with Magic is and how did you get in, involved with the game? You know damn well how I got involved <laughs> in the game. <laughs> okay, so, but I'm not a listener, so talk to our listeners about it. Okay, so for those that don't know, uh, I started playing Magic in high school and Zach was the one that taught me. So uh, he and a few other friends introduced me to it. Uh, I, I don't remember the exact context of why. I think I remember it was after a breakup. And mm-hmm. I feel like you all must have noticed that I was a bit down and you wanted to get me on something new. That That's at least my my story I tell myself. That, that, that was must exactly have been it, right? it. Yeah, that was exactly it. Yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and for, for whatever reason, uh, my brain kind of just clicked with it well. Uh as every once in a while a game does, I, I had before that, I'd been a fan of the occasional shooter game. I loved Zelda. Uh, I still do. Uh, so puzzle games, uh, I have no idea how many hours I put into Portal and Portal 2. But uh, this type of game, this this trading card game, was something totally new to me. I'd never seen anything like it. And it clicked in a way that nothing else had before. And as we all know, Magic is the best trading card game ever made. So nothing else has really been able to come close. And it's been, I'd call it a main hobby ever since, uh, one of several. Uh, now, I do play other games, but Magic has always kind of been a go-to, especially now that we're in such a digital-centric world. Uh, like, I don't know, the, the things that I'd usually tend to do, like I'd love to go out with my friends on a Friday night to uh, do who, any kind of nonsense. But now um, that's not really an option. So uh, I might just call up some friends and play some Commander instead. 
Uh, I, I usually love going to my local game stores and playing drafts or modern leagues or uh, pre-releases are probably my favorite. Uh, or occasionally just going to a local game store and playing some commander with my friends, uh, including Zach. Like we would just go to our local game store and hang out for a while, like get some food and snacks and just play magic for a while. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's kind but, of it's kind of an interesting dynamic, too, because that would be like, you know, there's the stereotypical like talking over a meal kind of interaction that that humans have had for quite some time. And that's kind of been it for us is like we sit down at the table, we play some magic and we just chat and have a good time. Yeah. At this point, we know each other's decks and styles well enough that we barely have to like it, it's it's that side thing. Like you said, instead of a meal, it's our, our secondary focus is the game. Uh, and every once in a while, we'll interrupt their conversation of catching up to be like, oh, hey, uh, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we, we like to come up too with like completely random formats. What was the one we did recently with the was it it wasn't jump starts, but it was something similar where we bought like two pre pre con like packaged oh, right. products and we just smashed them together. We both like we had restrictions on which sets they could come from and we both grabbed different sets. And, and it, that was a blast. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, with that. that was fun. Pack wars uh, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Pack wars is great. Um, speaking of mental magic, sometimes we should try mental magic, the format <laughs> where it's, it's limited, but, uh, any card can be, uh, any other card with the same exact converted mana cost. So like an unsummon, which costs one blue could also be a Triton shore stalker, which is a creature that costs one blue, or it could also be an ancestral recall, which costs one blue, or it could also be uh, a Zulaport. wait, Zulaport duelist. That's the one which also costs one blue. So, uh, let's do that sometime. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun and also painful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, these days I pretty much just play all arena uh, and then the occasional spell table commander when, when I can get a group together for that. Uh, again, for the second question, is my relationship with the game healthy? I would say mostly, uh, although sometimes it does border on too much. Um, I occasionally have to tell myself it's time to stop. Like kind of like you were saying, like uh, it can get to the point where it's too much. So I'll find myself in a bit of a rut where I will have nothing to do on an afternoon. And rather than do something that I know I would love to do, uh, like I have a, a Minecraft server with some of my friends that we love just hopping on and messing around in, rather than go and complete my house, which I've been working on for like a month, uh, I would just play a few games of Arena and then those few games would turn into a few hours. I'm like, well, wait a minute, where did all my time go? Where'd my afternoon go? I don't feel good about this. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, Catching yourself before you get to the, I don't feel good about this point. There's no big deal with playing Magic for a few hours. Uh, someone who has my level of competitiveness in the game, I would say that's pretty normal. Um, that being said, it's also time to start thinking like, well, I want to make sure I feel happy about this too. Not just am I winning and am I okay with that? So I think the online only nature of things right now contributes to this problem for me. I think if I could go out and uh, do other things, with other people, I wouldn't have this, uh, not temptation here, but this ability to just easily access magic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if that was removed, then I probably wouldn't have this problem by default because I'd be too busy doing other things. But yeah. uh, right, right now, I can't get my fix of like the local game store action, right? Like, I, there's nothing I'd want to do more right now than call up a friend and be like, hey, let's go to the local game store for some Friday night draft. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because like Moto existed, Magic Online existed before Arena and a lot of people played that. But most people that I know at least couldn't get into to Magic Online for one reason or another, whether it was the interface or just it felt weird to be playing online or whatever the case may be. So for limited players, it was just that you go to your, your local game store on a Friday night or Friday afternoon or whatever, whatever time you, you went. And you drafted once, maybe twice, and then you went home and that was it. And you had a great time. You got a couple drafts in and and that was your weekend, right? But mm -hmm. now it's like every day you can play hours and hours of magic, which can, yeah, like you said, it can it can be too much for sure. It's, it's a dangerous ability to be able to do that, uh, kind of unrestricted. Like sometimes I'll, I'll notice that I've completed all my quests for the week. I'm like, okay, well, this would be a good time to go and swap and do something else. And maybe there's a deck that I just really want to play. but maybe i also want to or maybe i don't realize that i'm just trying to ladder at that point mm -hmm. uh, because i do pride myself on hitting mythic uh, in limited just pretty consistently every month and now i'm starting to hit for constructed as well why are historic and standard on the same ladder that makes no sense but that's the <laughs> topic for, for later the day. yeah <laughs> um 
I think if we were back to our usual state of hitting up the local game store, getting the fix in, I will say I do like Arena a lot, but it pales in comparison to playing at a local game store. Yeah, I agree. There's just something about it. And I, I don't know that I necessarily care about, and I thought I would. I thought I was going to be one of those people who's like, I need the cards in my hand to enjoy the game. And yeah. that's just not the case for me. But uh, there is something. I think I think actually having an opponent sit af- across from me, somebody I can chat with if it's a friend or yeah. even not a friend, you meet new people like like GPs and things like that is has been great. One thing I will say that I don't miss is people tilting off on the opposite side of the table. Like I can't tell when somebody's upset that my tempo deck or my control deck isn't letting them play anything because I can't see yeah. them or hear them. But I, I do miss actually interacting with people. I think it's it you know you see it on on magic twitter a lot but it has taken the gathering out of magic yeah i I will say kind of on the opposite end of that bluffing has gotten a lot harder because (laughs) i have an awesome poker face (laughs) (laughs) i I will attack my two two into your five five any day (laughs) uh and i will look you dead in the eyes as i turn that thing (laughs) sideways now um (laughs) uh now that kind of summarizes where we're at, I think, pretty well. And it sounds like we're both in, I'd say, a pretty good place that can border on maybe a little much. But I think as far as things go, we're both pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're actually, you're absolutely right. We, we tend to both be in a pretty good state with the game and a pretty good relationship with the game, but it does occasionally border on too much, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next section that we wanted to touch on here is resource use. So one way to kind of analyze our mindsets about magic is thinking about how we use our resources, particularly the two big ones, time and money. So how do we make sure that we're spending healthy amounts of both on the game? Uh, so not too much of either, or I guess not too little of either now that we're uh, quote unquote content creators. Yeah. And also one thing that we didn't have in the show notes for this, but something that I think is worth adding to this discussion is uh, a third resource that I think a lot of people don't actually think of very frequently when you consider like what resources you have at your disposal and that is mental bandwidth there's an Mm. amount of there's like a finite amount of uh effort you can put into actually thinking without stopping and recharging or like taking a break from something getting rest sleeping whatever whatever it may be but there has been and i've noticed this myself like a a direct coal wow my brain just broke i completely forgot the word (laughs) i was trying to say but a direct correlation basically between uh how long I'm playing the game or any strategy game, this goes for anything that I'm putting a lot of Mm -hmm. energy into thinking about and my happiness throughout the rest of the day. Like if I burn myself out mentally before I get to do other stuff, I'm miserable for the rest of the day. Like you have to pacing basically is is kind of what I'm getting at. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Look at me, Scrooge McDuck over here talking about time and money and you've got the good point. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, time and money are perfectly viable resources to be talking about as well though. And they also play a, a heavy factor on your mental mental health as well. Yeah, so, so you want to start us off here? Um, how do you kind of manage your resources? Time, money, and this third one, mental bandwidth. Yeah, so from money, I tend to only put money into the game to play limited. Like, I'll occasionally put money into Arena to get another draft and then hope that that spirals into me getting a few more drafts if I'm on the verge. Like, right now, I think in my account, I have... 1440 gems which is like 60 gems shy of another draft so i'll maybe draft put put a little bit of change into the account or grind up gold or something to get those gems back but generally i only put money into the game to play limited i don't like to buy packs because that can be an easy snowball effect when all you see is a purchase button and suddenly you have a bunch of packs in your account and you don't really see the exchange of money uh, i find that with a lot of people that can be too snowbally. um i am like one of my other hobbies or like side hobbies basically is finance. Like I'm just very into orchestrating, like putting budgets together, uh, looking at the stock market, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm very fiscally aware, but mm. even still it can be, it can be difficult sometimes when you just see a purchase button and, and you don't really see that exchange of cash um, to just constantly be buying packs. So I limit myself to not be, not buying packs. I'll occasionally put money into the game to play limited. Um, and I only will do that if I see that my win rate is at a certain percentage, which is somewhere for me, it's usually between the 50 and 55% range. If I'm in that range and I run out of resources, I'll put a little bit more money into my account to be able to start drafting again, because I know I'm still at a positive win rate. If my win rate's below the 50 to 55% range, 
uh, and I run out of resources, then I know I'm either in a bad spot mentally from like a play perspective. I'm just not playing well or something else is going on because my win rate's usually around the 60% range. So mm-hmm. like that, that's kind of a factor I use to limit how much I'm spending as well, because then you can also kind of tilt off and, and spend too much um, if your win rate is tanking and you're just dumping money into drafts just so you can say you drafted. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't really often have the time to push to Mythic. Um, I might make it in Constructed this this season. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Hmm. I'm about to peak Diamond, so maybe I'll get there right. this, this month. But um, usually I don't have the time to push for Mythic, especially not in Limited. And so unless I'm doing like really well and enjoying it, I don't really want to spend any more money on on the game. And that that said, there are also issues with the client that I have from a software perspective that I would like to see fixed before I'm <laughs> pseudo investing in the in the platform. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of a different topic and a, a different discussion altogether. As for time, I think that's where I tend to have trouble. Uh, it's really, really easy for me to just spend countless hours doing anything that I put my mind to. Like I, you know, YouTube, everybody knows the Netflix kind of show whole like thing where you're like, oh, I'll just watch one more. And then suddenly it's 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing is very easy for me to do with just about anything. I'm very I have like a like something of an obsessive personality where like I'm very if I'm doing something, I'm 150 percent into it. Um, yeah. And I have a hard time not doing that. So it can be very easy for me to spend way too much time in something. Luckily, I have a wife who tells me I'm just spending too much time on something. So I, <laughs> I have a, a third party to balance that for me. But um, when my head's in the right state, it's fine. I, I can put the time in and not have it take away from other aspects of my life. But I often find myself dumping time into something that really just serves to frustrate me overall. If my win rate's tanking or... I'm not seeing the results I'm expecting or I get to the point where I'm starting to tilt, then obviously the game's not doing anything good for me and it's not worth spending the time on. So I try to keep, I'm working on recognizing that better basically. Mm -hmm. But what about you? So uh, I'll start with, uh, with money. So first of all, I'm a teacher, so uh, (laughs) I have none. Uh, (laughs) That being said, like, you know, uh, I I am okay with putting a bit of money into arena, uh, but I try to avoid it. Um, I would much rather be spending that on something else, such as a physical card. Uh, something about owning the physical card in paper just feels better to me than owning it digitally. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's something in the back of my head that knows that there was the fifth copy problem for a long time where digital cards weren't really worth what you thought they were worth. Although that's been mostly resolved now. Um, owning well, I mean, something- there's something to be said about that, right? Because... Yeah. If if for whatever reason, obviously they're not going to do this because they're milking cash out of everybody right now. But mm-hmm. if for whatever reason, Watsi just decided tomorrow, hey, we're we're no longer supporting Arena. We're closing support. Like we're not releasing any new sets on it. We're not releasing any new features. We're not updating it ever again. And yeah. our servers yeah. are going to go down in two weeks. That's it. All the money you've put into the game, you've lost. Like you don't own anything from Arena's perspective. The cards are not yours. They're just digital space taking up space on their databases Yep. They don't owe you anything if they decide they're shutting down. So I agree with you, like putting money into something physical that you can say you had. And then if you wanted to sell out later, you could you could sell them back or whatever. I totally. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. It'd be really nice if Arena had a cash out option. Right. Well, there's a Uh, there's a game and the name is escaping me now, but it's built on blockchain. And actually, every single card is convertible to a cryptocurrency. So you can wow. you can actually cash out of this digital card game, but I can't remember what it's called. It's like God's something. Interesting. If you know it, uh, let comment and subscribe and type. There it, it is. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that again. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, honestly, I think at this point it'd be pretty cool if there was a way to redeem your paper collection in Arena. Uh, obviously, not feasible for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but I think that would be the the ultimate end goal, right? Where you could own the card in paper uh, and digitally and vice versa between them. So if I say bought a pack and I opened a Terror of the Peaks online, I could, uh, I don't know, hit a button and have a Terror of the Peaks emailed to me. Well, no, physically mailed to me uh, hmm. and kind of have like that, that go between between the collection uh, so that no matter what, the money that you get or the money that you invest into the game is coming back to you somehow. It, it, I guess that's assuming that it's always at least transferable or cash outable outside the game and paper. Uh, card prices fluctuate, and the difference with the arena economy is that uh, we deal in wild cards rather than you know dollars. But it'd be nice if there was a bit more support for online longevity 
of, of money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that being said, uh, I will occasionally buy a draft here or there. I, I like to justify it if, um, if I am having just like a chill night, I want to relax and I'm like, oh, I'm out of gems. All right. I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll buy some. Although I tend to, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, tend to go infinite around like a little over halfway or halfway through a format. Um, that's about when I know it well enough to, unless we get arena cube, in which case I'm, man, I'm, I'm not doing anything else that whole week. <laughs> uh but i will say infinite drafting is tough um it's not easy the best players in the world win two-thirds of their games right uh so if you are listening to this and you win under half your games you're still pretty good um absolutely and i will say when i'm when i can smell blood going for mythic uh (laughs) and i have like a train wreck draft sometimes i won't even like play out the whole thing because i'm like i'm just gonna end up losing rank from this but i want to go again uh and then I, it can be tough to be patient to grind the gold back up to, to do it again. So sometimes I'll, I'll splurge and, and buy into that so I can try to hit Mythic and try to coast like I like to do. I like to hit it early and then just to let the drift uh, keep me in the top 1200 by the end of the month. Last month, though, it didn't happen. Uh, I guess a lot of people were interested in Limited last month. Yeah, that, that was an unfortunate turn of events for you. Yeah, oh well, there's always this month. Uh, now, as for time invested into the game... I have a pretty intense workload thanks to being a teacher. So I'd say the one thing that I dislike about teaching is that there always is more to be done. Uh, There's always the next week of lesson plans that you could be doing. There's never this feeling of, yep, I got all my work done for the week. Because, well, what about next week? And I guess you could really say this about most jobs. Um, Although sometimes I think the the locus of control falls uh, for a lot of jobs with an administrator or, or someone above you. Whereas for teaching, it's entirely self-motivated um if a teacher doesn't show up with their lesson plans one day that's on them they're they're kind of screwed and you have to think ahead on your own to plan out what's going to be coming so no matter what there's always another week of lesson plans looming ahead unless i decided to just plan until the end of the year which is unfeasible Mm -hmm. so sometimes i uh i have i found myself not having a good i guess uh, it feels bizarre to say this, but work-life balance. <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't feel established enough in a career to be able to say that without laughing at my, myself. But um, I've especially found now during COVID, it, it's challenging uh, to manage my teaching with managing my free time. And of course, magic takes up a good amount of free time. So I'd say I'm still working on that balance. And honestly, I don't know if I'm going to get it down until after COVID has kind of passed. Because I don't know what my work-life balance will be until things are a bit more normal. I know what it's like right now. And to be honest, I don't like it very much. Uh, I work a lot. And then I play a lot of magic in my free time. And I don't see my friends in person very often. And that's not how I see my entire life going, you know? Yeah, I I don't think anybody really sees that. Like, we're too... Humans are too social in nature to to really enjoy that for an extended period of time and have it be healthy for you. But... um, yeah, I, I totally feel that. My my job also has me obviously working from home and uh, I think I have a better work-life balance than you do, but mm-hmm. I still sit at a computer for like 12 plus hours a day and yeah. that is less than ideal. Yeah, there have been days when I've I found myself working on lesson plans straight from when I'm done teaching to uh, nine o'clock at night. And then a few weeks ago, I, I actually worked until like nine or so at night I went to sleep, woke up at eight in the morning, and then I kept going. And uh, I finished in that afternoon. And I turned, uh, I kind of turned inward, and I was like, "Wow, that sucked." Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that. That was not good. And then I tried to do a little self analysis of what led me to that. Well, maybe I, I took a bit more free time during the week. I didn't plan my lessons ahead of time, um, so I kind of had to crunch before the weekend came. So that I've gotten a bit better at. But uh, overall, now I find a lot of my free time going into arena. When I mentioned more, or I mentioned earlier, sometimes I'd be having more fun if I was doing something else in my free time. Anyway, even in this COVID world, like I mm-hmm. could be playing Minecraft or I could be uh, playing uh, webcam commander, which I will say I think I have more fun on average with than the average game in arena, even the average trophy draft. Right? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to trophy a draft, but uh, it's another thing entirely to be talking to another human being. That's- yeah, especially when they're your friends and like these are people that you're you actively want to spend time with outside of magic anyway uh, yeah. getting to put the two together makes it makes it a lot of fun um but that kind of segues into our next next section here is is how do we feel like how 
some and and in in our notes here we wrote that like something we need to consider more often while playing magic is and really anything at all is that we're supposed to be happy right like these things are supposed to be in our lives to make us feel good and if you're not getting that out of any hobby but especially magic because you know that's what we're talking about here what are you what are you supposed to do when it's not working out what are you supposed to do when you don't feel that and the game doesn't make you feel good uh, or doesn't make you happy so ben why don't you kick us off with with this one yeah sure so like you mentioned it's important to keep in the front of our minds when playing magic that this is a game Uh, while some people treat it more like a lifestyle and i think we have been more so now than ever before now that we are kind of producing regular podcasts about it and it's become a bigger part of our lives um we're still supposed to enjoy it and i gotta say this podcast has been a a blast for me I Mm -hmm. i think i can speak for both of us when i say we've been having a lot of fun doing this especially seeing the community that's been starting to form around it uh just knowing that i could hop on the discord and and have some good old-fashioned human interaction that's been uh, amazing Mm -hmm. yeah i agree there's something to be said about the the people aspect to it like if we were sitting here and we knew for like 100 fact that not a single person was listening to us i don't think we would keep doing this for very long like it it, there's something to be said about people being on the other side like we're conversing with somebody else even though it's one-sided from our perspective like you as the listener are receiving like we know that we're talking to you directly that's right listener you we're speaking directly <laughs> to you right now <laughs> yeah but uh people will hop in the discord and, and share their feedback about the episode or just comment on what we said and uh we don't say it every time because i don't think either of us i mean we just mentioned we have kind of crazy jobs but uh every time we see a message that is talking about our show and what you thought of it or it, it makes my day absolutely yeah. um and uh, really, I think the professor says it best is that the, the gathering is what makes people come back to Magic the Gathering. Uh, that's the important part, right? Mm-hmm. So again, back to uh, the, the game aspect, even though a lot of us have a bit more of a competitive edge, uh, which I absolutely do, um, and many of us are even pretty good at this game, which I'm not going to toot my own horn or anything, <laughs> but I think of myself as good at Magic. I've that never known should... you not to toot your own horn. <laughs> yeah i went unchallenged for the first like 12 years of my life and that really (laughs) that really really got out of control uh i think ultimately this should be something that we do for fun no matter how competitive we are um nothing is sadder than seeing someone get invested in something that they love to the point where it's no longer them loving it it's them being trapped by it Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's just a textbook unhealthy relationship with something So uh, if you ever find that you're not having fun, but that you still want to be playing more, I think that's a really important red flag that it's time to step away for a little bit. So rather than starting the spiral and and like we mentioned, having less and less fun as you lose more and more games because you're having less and less fun because you're losing more and more games, it's important to know when to take a breather, cut it off and avoid this. um, What is that? Three black black descent into madness. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I have to ask myself, like, how did I get to this point? Um, take a mental inventory yourself. Did I lose three games in a row to a turn one ruin crab? Uh, <laughs> which, you know, th- that can totally happen. Did I get paired against the mono brown storm list in historic while trying to play a creature deck? Uh, have I not stood up from my chair in three hours? Uh, knowing what I've done that led me to this point where i'm not feeling good or happy about myself can prevent me from getting to that point again because then i'm able to recognize it and then i'm able to stop it before it happens again if i lose like one game to a ruin crab and i know that's the kind of thing that tends to tilt me time to take a break let me go for a walk you know uh it's also important to know that there's things that we can do in the game to change this right um you can kind of use these little little reminders uh draft good removal to deal with ruin crabs um Maybe try the mono brown deck. If you can't beat them, join them. See what it's like to play it. Be on the winning side. Um, and if, if you haven't gone up from your chair in a while, uh, sometimes I, I like going for a good run. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying there. Recognizing what's causing you to get frustrated or upset about the game is like probably the best starting point, right? And it, it I don't want to like liken it to addiction. Some people do have an addiction to magic. That's, that's absolutely a thing yeah. that exists. And yeah. if you do, um, you know, that is something that you you should be looking into. And I would admit that I, at times I probably have as well. Um, mm-hmm. But 
recognizing it is the first point. Like you have to admit that it is that you are getting frustrated, you are getting upset, and it it is surrounding the game before you can start to feel better about it. Um, if you find yourself in that headspace on a frequent basis, maybe look up look into having some kind of backup hobby that you can mm-hmm. lean to when you're starting to get frustrated with magic. Because I think one thing that I have in the past had problems with is magic was the only thing that I did when I wasn't yeah. working or spending time with friends or uh, spending time with my wife. Magic was the thing. And if I was getting frustrated at magic, I didn't know what to do with myself because, mm-hmm. well, now I, I don't enjoy magic, but it's the only thing I do. So what but am I supposed to thing. do? That's Yeah. Yeah. So magic's a great game. And as Ben said, it's probably the best trading card game ever made. Might even be the best game ever made. Depends who you ask, but it's a great game. Nobody's denying that. But it's not the only thing in the world that can occupy your time, right? You can run. You can read a book. You can pick up a single-player RPG if you just want a, a game that's a little more on the casual side that doesn't involve competition and just get a good story out of it, catch up on some kind of show, or frankly, just do nothing. We live in a culture right now, and I'm speaking mostly for first-world countries because that's my I, I live in the U.S., so I, I don't really have a whole lot of experience outside of that, that frame of mind. Mm-hmm. But we live in a culture where we're made to feel like we always have to be doing something. And especially I'm, I'm in the greater New York area. So you always have to feel like you're doing something or, or you're wasting your time. And that's just not true. There is something huge to be said for just relaxing, like genuinely doing nothing, take a nap, just sit there and like (laughs) meditate or something. I don't know, whatever that is for you, do it because it, it it is a huge boon. Like it really, really helps. Mm. Yeah. I'll admit I've been neglecting my instruments. Uh, I don't know if this has come up on the show before, but uh, I'm a I play a, a handful of instruments: uh, guitar, piano, drums, key instruments, uh, and I haven't played them in a while. I'm out of practice, and I think one of my steps going forward from this is going to be to start allocating some of the time that I would spend playing Magic into getting back in shape with those. That that's something that I want for myself. So that's going to be a bit of a goal. Maybe uh, maybe next time we have a mental magic episode, I can check back on that. Yeah, I think that'd be a great a great point. And that's something actually that that you just sparked up in my mind that we didn't talk about prior. But setting goals is great too. If you are finding yourself getting frustrated and you're like trying to work through this something of a minefield that can be getting upset with with something you love, maybe try to set goals for yourself. Set something outside of the game. Like, hey, I want to work on this other thing. That will make me happy, like music, if you're Ben, or, you know, uh, for me, it's reading. I have a couple of books that are stacking up in my list that I really want to get to. Um, you know, try to set goals for yourself. Make sure you're you're practicing for an hour a day or you're reading for an hour a day or something. Just do a little bit at a time to break break away from that mentality. And then you'll also have that crutch to lean on. Um, and not to say that that should be your crutch, that you should have something else to lean on necessarily. Maybe you need a person in your life to do that, whether that's a therapist or uh, just a friend or whatever. But then you have that extra thing. So it's not like magic is your only thing and you don't know what to do with yourself when you when you aren't enjoying it. Yeah. So to kind of wrap up this whole conversation, just some some of the bigger takeaways. Magic is a pretty incredible game and we don't want it to be ruined for anyone because of an unhealthy relationship for it. So we recommend doing a mental inventory like this yourself. So um, tell you what, I'm going to ask some questions and I want you to pause the episode and think about your answer for a second. So first question, uh, what is your current relationship with Magic the Gathering? Take a pause for a minute. Just think about that. How much of your resources does it use? And how do you feel while you're playing Magic? Now, again, if you need to reach out to mental health professionals, that's not us. Uh, Like we said, we're just some guys talking. But if you want to reach out to some more people to talk uh, where you can vent or just chat a bit, I really do recommend the Discord. Um, everyone there is rad, super understanding. And we've had conversations like this before, um, talking about our, our relationship with the game and uh, our resources and even offering some advice to one another. Um, maybe if you're feeling a bit human interaction starved, this might be something that you could do. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's something really big to be said about introspection, taking the time to, th- to look through yourself figure out what you're what you've got going on inside your like in your head basically um and like ben said taking this kind of mental inventory on things that you like you everybody's heard the expression but i'm gonna say it again too much of a good thing is still a bad thing right Mm -hmm. you everything needs to be done in moderation and that includes hobbies that includes magic so do yourself the favor even if you don't feel like this is a problem for you or you don't run into these issues 
just take the mental, take this little mental inventory kind of checklist, go through the checklist and, and just make sure that you are in a healthy relationship with the game. And if you're not, take some of these actions to fix it. But I think that about does it for us this week. Um, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you spending time with us to uh, chat about this. I think this is a huge, huge topic. And obviously there are a lot of things we weren't able to cover in this episode, but we'll hope to return to the Mental Magic series in the near future. Of course, yeah. if like Ben said, if you feel you need to chat with people just in general, you want some better, intera- more interaction, I should say, with, with folks, jump in the Discord. That's the best place to go for interaction with our community here. You can also drop questions there for the holiday mailbag episode, which will be coming very quickly. Uh, it's right around the corner. We're going to, like I said, that episode will air on Christmas Day. So that's December 25th. If you don't if you don't celebrate Christmas, that will be when that episode comes out. And of course, check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash draft chaff pod. Um, we're giving away the cube, the whole cube. So, and, and we're going to, I don't think we said this in the beginning of the episode, but we're going to be doing that in that same holiday mailbag episode. So, oh, yeah. so make sure if you want to be in the, like running for that, if you want a chance to win the cube, um, join the Patreon by that date, basically, uh, we're going to be recording prior to that. So we'll probably have some details on that in the near future and in the discord, you'll be able to get those as well. So that's about it for that part. What's next. If you want to ke- check us out on social media. You can find me at Rannick Alfredian or Ben at Betafish1 on Twitter. You can find the podcast at DraftChaffPod on Twitter or DraftChaffPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Uh, But that about does it for us. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Later, everybody. So on the topic of mental magic, Mm -hmm. I wanted to mention something that I don't even know if you know about me. It's a a, a kind of, I don't know if you'd call it like a secret superpower that, that people tend to have uh, everyone's got like one or two like hidden talents or superpowers yeah like i've seen the dark knight 137 times yeah so you're essentially <laughs> batman that i guess that well by default that's not a superpower because he doesn't have a, uh, i'll give it to you i'll give it to you that's not a joke by the way listeners that is actually a true fact about me he can recite the whole thing it's incredible uh my mental superpower as it pertains to the episode uh is something called synesthesia um, I do know about this with you, but yes, share it with the, yeah. share it with the listeners. So for those that have heard of this, um, it's some people have synesthesia. It's technically a genetic condition, but it's when your brain has certain neural connections that cause you to associate certain sensory information with other sensory information. So it's when you got too many wires in your head. That, that's how I like to think of it. So a, a lot of people have uh, a certain degree of this. So you might have heard people say that like... Um, uh, I don't know, 27 has like a, a certain feel to it or like some numbers have a, uh, a gender to them or some days of the week have a color or some, I'm trying to think of other good examples. So occasionally people think of this, like some, uh, a good example is that some subjects in school have a certain color associated with them, like science being green or math being blue or language arts being red or something. Some people don't have this at all. Uh, some people have this to a very strong degree. Uh, I actually have a friend that also has this, who um, has such a strong association uh, between smell and color uh, that she can't look at anything that's orange for too long because it, it just she just gets disgusted by it. But she has like a physical reaction. Uh, and for me, I have uh, color and music, and uh, I've found that it kind of ties into other things with color as well. So for me personally, when I hear a song, I have a sensation of color in my head. Um, and I've used this to kind of cheat while playing instruments, which is what reminded me of this. Um, so for example, if I wanted to play a chord on the piano, uh, I could think of the color that the chord has to be, and then just play those notes faster than thinking, uh, well, what notes do I have to hit? Um, so like if I wanted to play a C chord, I know that that's yellow with a splash of black. Uh, and then I could play that faster than thinking, well, C, E, G, that kind of thing. Now I wanted to bring this into magic. Because I've noticed that I think this is one of the things that's kept me with the game for so long. Uh, I think the color identities in Magic kind of play to my synesthesia tendencies, I guess you could say. Uh, I've also had for different things in the past. Apparently, when I was really little, my parents took me to a, uh, a, a psychiatrist because I said I had color associations with people. Um, and a, a, a story that uh, my parents used to tell about this was that one time... I, uh, I pointed at someone in, in real life and was like, mommy, that person's brown. And of course, my mother goes, <laughs> yes, well, that's 
okay, and that's just how some people are born. And then I go, oh, and that one's red. And she's like, what? <laughs> and, I, and that one's green. She's like, okay, something, something weird's happening here. Aw, so, it's uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, so color and people is another one. So I think I just have this kind of color wiring in my head. So when we have the color identity in Magic, uh, seeing a card that does a very red thing or a very green thing, something about that has always uh, subliminally appealed to me. Uh, I think that I think that factors into what cards I like. Uh, and like flavorful things that do a thing that relates to their color really well. Wow, Feed the Swarm must have thrown you off <laughs> so bad. Yeah, like F Feed the Swarm does nothing for me. It's a it's a kill spell. Whatever, I don't care about it. It it, it yeah, it's kind of just like there it exists. But um, certain other cards that kind of have like especially multicolored cards that have a little bit that takes from uh, a little bit of both colors. Um, those ones I tend to find really cool and really exciting. So just a bit of mental magic of, of a different sort that I, I think is another reason that I love the game.